Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. I'm Michelle Martin. Welcome to Money and Me. Have you stopped dead in your tracks when looking for a place for a business school once you realize it's six-figure tuition fee? Do business schools with their high fees and their drive to recruit the best applicants exacerbate income inequality? Or can you hope for a place in a great business school regardless of financial situation? What are your options, particularly if you're looking at INSEAD? Since its launch, its campaign for INSEAD, Force for Good, it's embarked on an ambitious drive to move innovation and transform business and society on a global scale. And in support of this overall vision, the school provides more than 100 different types of scholarships to support students from all over the world who require the financial means to pursue their studies at INSEAD. Professor Ilian Mihov is Dean at INSEAD. He joins us now and since 2013 when he was appointed Dean, some 90 new scholarships we understand have been created. Ilian, good morning. Hi, good morning, Michelle. So I was interested to hear that you yourself were a scholarship recipient. I wonder if we could start with a personal. Can you share your own experience about how receiving a scholarship allowed you to leave Bulgaria and study in the U.S.? Yeah, actually, it's, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be at INSEA without scholarships. Uh, I started my education in Bulgaria, you know, uh, university education in 1987, and when the Berlin Wall came down in 1989 and we could travel, there was this opportunity to go to the University of South Carolina and complete my bachelor's degree for two years. Uh, it was fully financed, the tuition waiver, uh, but also additional uh, scholarship money were secured through several channels. Um, in this case, actually, it was USAID. It was a governmental scholarship from the United States that allowed me to do that. And then I went to do my PhD at Princeton, and uh, again, full tuition waiver, uh, fellowship, and... Uh, how did that happen? Uh, how did the, the scholarship to Princeton happen? Well, I applied, uh, and uh, <clears throat> in fact, you know, when I think about my application, I just shiver because I didn't have money to apply, to, to pay application fees. Uh, I had decided to apply to 10 schools or 12 schools because each application cost me like $50, $60. Uh, and then on the 5th of December was the deadline for the applications. So I decided on the 4th of December, let me call Princeton and see if they're willing to waive their tuition, uh, their application fee. So I called them and the assistant at the Department of Economics says, of course, you know, just write a letter. You don't have to pay the application fee. So I wrote a letter. I'm Bulgarian. I don't have money. Uh, and they let me apply like this. So I guess they felt sorry for the poor Bulgarian when they decided to admit me. So they gave me a uh, full scholarship uh, and um, I just applied for it. What an absolute but, but again, without scholarships, I wouldn't be here. Yeah, that's that's a wonderful story. And I understand your very first scholarship, you spied it in, in the newspaper? You came across it in the newspaper? Yeah, yeah. In Bulgaria, there was this ad in the, uh, in the communist newspaper, which was still being published uh, from the United States. I think it was run by the U.S. Embassy at the time for six Bulgarians to study, to continue their studies at the University of South Carolina. 
which is just so much luck. Uh, I was at a stage, I was, by that time I was 23, 24, so I could not restart my bachelor's degree, right? I cannot go and just apply afresh for a bachelor's degree because I was too old. And there were almost no opportunities to transfer. I even did not know how to do that. So um, this woman, Glenda Bunce, from the University of South Carolina, decided as soon as the Berlin Wall came down, she applied for this funding from the U.S. government for six Bulgarians to study in the U.S. Um, they thought that actually it's an important way of transforming the, the region, which uh, yeah, I think that I completely agree. That is so fascinating. And sitting where you are now as Dean of INSEAD, what are your thoughts on whether or not higher education can impact income inequality on a global scale? Yeah, I think that uh, income inequality has become, one again, one of the big issues in the world in the last uh, 20, 30 years. We have seen across countries, income inequality is decreasing. So we if we measure income per capita, uh, average income per capita for each country, and then we put all the countries together, we know that income inequality has decreased because of the growth in China, in India, and many other emerging economies. But within each one of these countries, when you measure inequality within the US or uh, within China, within any of these countries, income inequality has gone up tremendously. And... um, I think, I strongly believe that there are many different ways to to tackle this problem. But the key one is to give opportunities to people to educate uh, themselves and uh, to have better earnings opportunities. Because we feel that, you know, there are studies that show that people can be stuck within the poverty trap or within a certain, uh, uh, you know, economic uh, category, and they cannot progress because they don't have access to, to education. So scholarships and uh, in general education is probably one of the most important tools to reduce inequality. We know in some um, cultures, shall we say, that you know uh, you see rich families the bulk of the recipients of scholarships because it's almost a status status symbol, you know, to say my son or my daughter is on scholarship to this Ivy League university. What is your belief on whose scholarships are for. I mean, there, there is a debate, right? Do, do business schools in their drive for the best look at merit or should we be looking at financial need? I think that financial need is the key priority, but it is impossible to eliminate or to, to even reduce the merit scholarships because the schools are fighting, the universities are fighting for the best talent. And even if People have money and they can afford, uh, they just want the talent. Uh, so they offer scholarships in order to attract them. I have been saying this now for, I would say, eight years since I was appointed as a dean, that in today's world, every dean of a business school understands one very important lesson, and that is the reputation of the school in the long run is the reputation of the alumni. And if you have the right students at school, you'll have the right alumni. I mean, right meaning the uh, more diverse group, but also the the ones who are uh, more promising or have better potential. So, so that's why you know people will be fighting, and they are fighting. Deans are fighting for students with scholarships. So, merit scholarships will continue existing. But what we see today is that there is there is a category of a 
financial need and merit scholarship at the same time. There are students who are brilliant and don't have access to, to, to funds. Um, and I would, I would say we do prioritize financial need. I, we do have some merit scholarships, but it's not, I would say that almost 95% will be financial need scholarships. So I understand in 2021 in SIAD, the school Singapore scholarship was established and it covers up to $30,000 of tuition fees for your master's in management, uh, MBA, executive MBA, uh, executive master in finance programs. And that so far, 24 Singaporean and permanent residents have been awarded the scholarship. That's wonderful. But when you look at a, at a whole, where do your scholarship recipients come from and how do your scholarship programs enable diversity? Well, first on the Singapore scholarship, I, I think for us it is, uh, I mean, it is very important that we contribute to the society here. You know, we're based in Singapore, we're part of the ecosystem, we're part of, of, of this uh, country. So uh, we created this scholarship in order to facilitate the development, the talent development in the country. So these scholarships apply not only, they, they can apply for any program, not only the master's programs, but also for executive education. Again, the main objective is we are here, we are one of the top business schools in the world, and we hope that the Singaporean community will uh, will actually use this, you know, to develop and the skills of uh, the workforce now in terms of the scholarships where they scholarship recipients where they come from we are you know we're the most diverse business school in the world we have 94 nationalities on campus today and most of the time of course the scholarship recipients are coming from uh, poor countries you know we have a lot of scholarships for students coming from africa students coming from China, from Southeast Asia, from India. Uh, but of course, we have also scholarships for, for Europeans because uh, we should not assume that just because people grew up in a rich country that they're rich. And in fact, we have a couple of scholarships specifically for students uh, from the French banlieue, from the, 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 the outskirts, the, and especially the, the areas where uh, you know that they're not very well developed. They're not, there's a lot of crime there. There's high unemployment. So students with this kind of background, you know, also we have a couple of scholarships for them. So overall, scholarship recipients are coming from all over the world, but predominantly uh, developing countries. Why is business school so expensive? I've checked out an MBA, 350000 for one year. Ilian, why is business school so expensive? I, I, you know, 350000 for one year, I don't know what, what, what this school is, it's not in yeah, for sure. So the tuition, so I think at 350000 will be for the whole MBA, US dollars. But I think that, um, uh, and that includes, uh, that includes al- also living expenses and probably the opportunity cost. Tuition is about, uh, in the US, is about 60000 70000 per year, so for two years. Uh, at INSEAD, it is uh, now 90,000 euros, but it's one year. And then, of course, the living expenses are for one year and so on. Now, INSEAD, I can talk about INSEAD. I cannot tell you about other schools. It's not 350,000 for one year? No, no, no. It's not. Definitely not. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it, the tuition is 90,000. And uh, again, depending on where people live, where in Fontainebleau or here, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there is the, the you know the, the living expenses can be twenty thousand, thirty thousand a year, uh, depending again where they live and uh, how much they spend. So overall, I think that for INSEAD it will be hundred and twenty thousand euros, probably what what is needed uh, around that level in order to to do the MBA. Uh, why is it so expensive? I mean, ninety thousand is still a big number, you know, in terms of uh, for the tuition. Uh, but you know we are price takers, so we our tuition fees pay for basically teaching costs and running the school, and uh, you know we look at where the U.S. is, uh, how they price you know the top U.S. schools, how they price their MBA, and we price the MBA, the total MBA tuition is at a discount of about eighty percent, so relatively eighty percent of the U.S. tuition. So if you look at the U.S., about one hundred twenty thousand. Euros then will be at eighty percent of that level. Now, in terms of uh, why in, why prices have increased, well, because the the costs have increased. Uh, I mean, we are not for profit organization, so even if we generate the surplus in a g- given year, this surplus goes back into the school uh, in order to invest or in order to, to to actually provide more scholarships. Sometimes some of the scholarships are funded by the school to attract uh, students. And uh, you know the, the the costs in terms of uh, salaries uh, in the U.S. for professors have been going up significantly. When we hire professors, we have to offer them competitive packages like the ones that will be offered by Harvard, Stanford, Wharton, Columbia. We cannot offer below that because then people will not come, and that's uh, that's the biggest cost. And it's. Uh, the staff salaries have been increasing, especially as you know, here in Singapore, there is a very tight labor market. So again, the, the, the tuition fees increase not because, you know, we want to generate a profit or bigger surplus. You mm-hmm. know, our salaries actually are controlled by the board. So the board overseas compares our salaries to the ones in the U.S. on average, and we make sure that uh, we are uh, we're aligned. Okay, let's give the listeners uh, some sense of hope of what can be achieved. Can you share some of the core types of scholarships that INSEAD offers? So uh, here, again, because we're in Singapore, for Singaporeans and PRs, we have a whole range of scholarships uh, for all programs. Uh, If you want to study at INSEAD, you can probably access uh, some some of these scholarships. We are actually an institution with, uh, with private character, uh, which means that the donations to this fund are tax deductible, and I think that the tuition. I, I think it's sometimes the scholarship, if the need is really there, can go above thirty thousand. So I, I would say, if we have a candidate who is good and who who really needs uh, the funding, we'll go beyond that. We have a lot of scholarships for diversity. Again, we believe that diversity is a is a cornerstone of innovation, creativity. Uh, having a better environment in the school. So we have uh, many diversity scholarships. Uh, We have a lot of scholarships for women, so this part, diversity. And uh, we have been increasing these scholarships uh, significantly in the last few years as part of our campaign. And the main reason is that we see that sometimes to study at INSEAD, but also to other business schools, students will take a loan. And sometimes the loans will be, you know, significant 60,000 euros or 100,000 dollars. And we also see that sometimes uh, in some countries in particular, 
female applicants are less willing to take this financial risk because again you're taking a financial risk that <laughs> later you have to repay the loan which then reduces the number of applications so the only way that uh, you know we can attract more uh, women to apply is to give a little bit more sense of security that you know this is uh, going to work but also uh, i think it is our duty mm-hmm. our responsibility as a business school to provide talent to companies um, people are complaining there are not enough women on boards there are not enough ceos female ceos but you know if there are not enough mba students then you cannot expect to see senior executives uh, so that's why we we feel that you know, it is our responsibility to provide more female MBA students to the market. So we have all range of diversity scholarships. Uh, uh, we have uh, some scholarships because of the donors' requests are targeting uh, certain nationalities. So they believe that there are certain under-representation of certain country. Uh, we try not to take too many of these uh, donations because then they become too restrictive and uh, we cannot actually use the scholarship. Um, I mean, again, for us, Singapore is different because we are here and we feel that we want to contribute to the development of the nation. Well, how do you see higher education uh, moving in this drive for diversity but through the provision of scholarships. I mean, is, is INSEAD an outlier or, you know, are, are most institutions, business schools moving in this direction in a big way? I think that everybody's trying to move in that direction. Uh, we are actually, I would say that uh, we started a little bit late. Uh, so our funds are uh, lower than what we would like uh, them to be. But everywhere around the world, um, you know, schools, universities are, are raising money for scholarships. Because, again, as I said, you know, that the talent that you attract will determine the reputation of the university and the school going forward. Because this will be the people who, uh, you know, if somebody goes and reads about uh, an INSEAD alumnus or alumna who created a company, who is leading a company, who is doing, you know, something really good for the society, for the environment, for businesses, for growth, then they say, well, you know, I want to be part of that institution. You know, if I do my MBA at INSEAD, uh, I may have actually a similar career. So that's that's why I think that everybody is, uh, is now going into serious fundraising for scholarships. They carry the and flag. Yep, go ahead. Because... Uh, I think that uh, for scholarships, we organized dinners for the donors to meet the scholarship recipients. And it's just such an amazing, uh, an amazing event. When the donor, and some of them give, you know, significant amounts of money, you know, in the millions, but when they see the recipient and how they change lives, you know, some, I, I remember the last dinner, there was this Indonesian student uh, who was in Fontainebleau studying there and who had absolutely no opportunity without the scholarship. He received full scholarship. And the donor, how, how they felt, actually they were a couple. It's incredible. I, and I can tell you my own story, how I participated in a dinner like this at Princeton uh, and uh, had to explain what my, my research was on and sitting with these people around the table who actually made, made it possible for me to study. They had given me all the money for the scholarship that I was receiving. It's, 
I think at, at the end of the day, as a donor, this is probably the most rewarding thing that you can see, how you're changing somebody's life uh, in a very big and impactful way. Just remarkable. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us and uh, for sharing, um, you know, what INSEAD is doing to provide opportunities. Professor Ilian Mihoff is Dean of INSEAD. You're listening to Money and Me, the news straight ahead. Stay with us. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.